get his rookie card now because after this year the price ain't going down he's your host icy robots greetings earth people i am from jupiter it is me again icy robots i am not a hero i keep telling you that but i do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week and this week is gonna get a lot less week because check it out important news number one is we are the toys r us report again the show belongs to us to me to you the people everybody out there and uh well, you know, we did suffer some losses, and with that loss came grief, and with that grief came the absence of Iceberg 13. He's not here this week, but, you know, we got my gal Emily. She's here, so the show must go on. So, uh, you know, Emily, man, it's nice to have you back. Hey, man, you know, it's just good to be here. It's really been a while. So where have you been? The last time we saw you was the last pirate attack, and, uh, you know, the fools out there, the suckers needs to know what's going on, so uh, why don't you tell us, where, where were you? Well, man... After Red died in the last pirate attack, well, she was my best friend. Yeah, I really cared about her too. She was the best. I was all messed up and I just had to get out of here for a while. Just get out and get right. No, that's cool. It makes sense. You know, I feel you. What, what were you doing? A little of this and a little of that. Nothing really. I just hung out. I don't know. Nothing worth mentioning. Nah, man, that's cool. You know, I mean, ultimately, we're just glad to have you back, right? Hey. Iceberg sent me something that he wants me to read. Oh yeah? What is it? It's a poem he wrote about A.B. Is it cool if I read it? Of course, yes, of course you can read it. Uh, I'll, I'll put some music on, hold on. He's really messed up by all this. I understand what that's like. A.B., you taught me so much but I never knew. You were my friend, a true bro, through and through. I don't know how the sun will shine or the earth will spin without you. We've lost a legend and a genius and I don't know what we will do. A.B., you were a genius. That much is true. And without you, my once warm robot heart has turned blue. Wow, Emily. That was really sad, but, uh... I don't know, did, did Iceberg ever have a warm robot heart? Maybe his heart was only warm for robots, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun of your grief. Anyway, uh, let's get moving into the show. Enough dwelling on the recent past. Uh, let me cue up a promo I got right here, and then we will move into the next segment. Nice poem, Iceberg. You can't stop us now. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Alright, so we are back for the next segment besides 
Besides A.B. Silver, we lost another great man these past few weeks. Uh, I, of course, am speaking about Kevin Ferguson, a.k.a. Kimbo Slice. The renowned street fighter, the renowned MMA fighter, the all-around man, the all-around myth, the all-around legend. Kimbo, I, you know what, man? I have been a fan of Kimbo for a long time, I will admit. I like to watch YouTube videos of people fighting. I like to watch uh, schoolyard fights. I don't know. I just like fights. And uh, Kimbo was out there backyard fighting with dudes before backyard fighting was the thing to do if it ever was. Uh, Kimbo had this going for him. Kimbo was a very good athlete. He played football in college. He had a brief run uh, on an NFL practice team. So dude had some athletic skill and he had a bit of boxing skill. He was big, he was buffed, he was kind of fast. And when you would put him in the yard with these somewhat untrained, somewhat out of shape dudes, he was just ringing bells. He was knocking people for loops and it was, honestly, it was just fantastic entertainment. And Kimbo took that fame from the yard and moved it into the MMA game. Uh, in between the yard and the UFC, Kimbo had a fight that I remember vividly, despite never having seen it. He was going to fight this guy named Sean Gannon. Sean Gannon was a Boston police officer and also a small-time MMA fighter, right? So Kimbo had gone and he'd knocked out a bunch of creeps in his backyard in the, uh, you know, the bottom of empty swimming pools, wherever. It was just straight up Lionheart style. And Kimbo, Kimbo was the big name in this. And he accepted the challenge of this guy, Sean Gannon. They were going to fight in like a Boston YMCA. I don't know the exact location, but it was someplace like that. And they chose not to televise it. Now, it would be recorded for a later presentation, but I never saw it. But uh, when I heard that this was going down, I I was really, really into it. And I started checking out MMA forums, you know, various mixed martial arts internet web forums or whatever. And I found one while the fight was going on. Somebody was there, and they were using their phone to tell you, like, round-by-round breakdown. And I remember being on the edge of my seat, just refreshing this over and over and over again to see what was going on. And it did appear first that Kimbo was winning, but then Kimbo, in fact, lost. And it was it was a bit of a bummer, but uh, he took that fame, and he used it to move into the world of mixed martial arts. He fought in the UFC. He fought in Elite XC. He fought in Bellator. He fought all over the place and everywhere he did he drew gigantic ratings he had this aura of uh, you know a bad to the bone street fighter about him and people really you know people really bought into it and when he would fight on tv it was just like a must watch i remember having a we had a party when kimbo was going to make a big tv debut against uh this guy james thompson he was going to fight this guy james thompson from england and we had a party and we had people over and there were people who would never be interested in an MMA fight were there, you know, watching Kimbo and Kimbo at, you know, toward the end of the fight, nailed this guy, James Thompson in the ear and he had, you know, a cauliflower deal going on and it just exploded. It looked like guy's ear fell off of his head. It was disgusting. I can vividly remember the faces of everybody in the room when they were just like, oh my God, Kimbo knocked a guy's ear right off his head. It was disgusting. It was on network TV. I think it was CBS at the time and it was huge. Kimbo, I would have to say, has been a success at, you know, at fighting. He made money. He drew ratings. He had a name. He did everything. Uh, he he had this weird charisma about him. There was just something. He was like, he was like a modern day Mr. T. There was just something about him that just made you pay attention to him. He had a great look. He had charisma. He just, 
he had it all except for the skills to be a top level MMA fighter. He had good boxing and he, you know, he's tough. But when you start throwing in dudes, you know, with wrestling and submission holds and all the various skills, it just wasn't game, wasn't Kimbo's game. Um, anyway, you know, he passed away at only 42. He had a heart attack and I'm sure they will find that there was some kind of, you know, uh, PED use in there, which is, which is a shame, but I, I you know, I don't think it, ta- it uh, taints the legacy of a dude who's renowned for being a street fighter. But um, anyway, he he went way too soon. Forty two is too young to pass away. Uh, Kimbo, you gave us a lot of great memories, and Kimbo Slice, they reminisce over you. moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Tomorrow, everyone's talking about Popstar. This is revolutionary. It's totally real, man. It was ahead of his time. It changed my life. Surprise! He's gonna make it big. It takes a village to make me look dope. Popstar Rated R starts tomorrow. Popstar is presently sitting at uh, 76% over at Rotten Tomatoes. It, uh, it's made $8.3 million at the box office so far, and it runs for about an hour and 26 minutes, which is a perfect length. It stars The Lonely Island, which is Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, and Jorma Tacone. I don't know if that's how you say it, if it's Tacone or Tacone. So if you're listening, I apologize. The movie uh, mainly stars Andy Samberg, and the other two members of the trio are handling the uh, directing duties. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was very, very funny. It is the story of Connor. Connor is a member of a group with the other two fellas of Lonely Islands. He's kind of, he's kind of the Justin Timberlake of the group. And when, when they do break up, he has incredible solo success that puts him, at, it puts him at odds with, you know, his two friends. It's interesting because I think in a lot of ways. This also might be the story of Lonely Island. You know, they they are still a comedy trio, but Andy Samberg is the Justin Timberlake of the group. He's the one who's out there acting as the head of sorts. He's the one that we see. He's the one we know, even though we are familiar with the other two and we do see them in things. Andy Samberg is the one who has his own show on Fox. He's the one who, he's just one we know, man. He's the one who starred in Hot Rod, which is also... One of my favorite movies. Anyway, this movie is really, really funny. It's kind of a mockumentary about this guy, Connor. He's out there. He is sort of a Justin Bieber-like pop star. And uh, the movie follows him through what will be his worst failure ever. Now, his first record did fantastic. And then when he comes out with the second one, it bombs. And he goes into a tailspin. This movie is funny. Just seeing, you know, the day-to-day life of Connor is hilarious. And also, they have a bunch of songs that they wrote in the movie, and I think a lot of them are very good songs. I really, really enjoy comedy rap. Uh, Rap is my favorite genre of music, and I think that if you can take it, make it sound good, and at the same time, have witty punchlines and also cool jokes, 
you're really doing something special. And a lot of these songs really nail that formula. You know, they got, I have to admit, the dude uh, Andy Samberg is a good rapper. There is not any way around it. You know, he's not he's not rock him, but there are a lot of dudes I hear out there with uh, label deals that are worse rappers than Andy Samberg. Anyway... I would recommend this movie very highly. If you uh, if you have any in- interest in, you know, like the music business or the music industry, it's a must-see. It's just, it's kind of like a pop music spinal tap. You know, it's the spinal tap of the Justin Bieber world. And, you know, it's his world, man. We all just live in it. You know, what's up, Biebs? Big up. Hope he's listening, too, so he sees how uh, how good I am at being a sycophant. And maybe he will allow me to join his posse. I don't know if that's what I would want out of life. But, you know, man, there could be worse things than being in a pop star's posse. In this movie, Connor has a giant posse. He has a dude whose sole job is to stand next to him and be shorter than he is, giving the illusion that Connor is tall. He has animal handlers. He has a he has a writer in his contract that says he wants carrots in a multitude of shapes. And he has a guy whose job it is, you know, to cut carrot pyramids, to cut carrot circles, to cut carrot spheres, to cut squares, to cut spears. Any shape of carrot you can imagine. Uh, rush out and see this now, you know. you If you want a good laugh, you will definitely be uh, literally rolling in the aisles laughing. When I was there, people were doing it, man. They were rolling back and forth, up and down, back and forth, up and down. But that didn't really happen. Anyway, so... Uh, I'm gonna give this one, like, three and a half mics, uh, if, if I had, like, a separate comedy scale where, you know, uh, comedy movies were rated on their merits and not having to be compared to, you know, serious dramas or whatever, I might give this one, like, three and three quarters or even close to four, I, uh, really enjoyed it a lot when it comes on cable, I'm sure it's gonna be one that I put on the VCR tape and watch again and again and again, so let's move into, uh, the next movie that we saw this week! fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here you'll turn into an animal if you encounter any problems you'll be assigned children that usually helps you're like a brother to me oh you're my best friend in the whole world i don't think i'm your best friend in the whole world have you thought of what animal you'd like to be if you end up alone yes a lobster a lobster is an excellent choice All right, my dudes, the second movie that we saw this week was The Lobster. The Lobster stars Colin Farrell, and it was directed and written by Yorgos Lanthimos. I don't know a lot about Yorgos, but I do know Yorgos has an awesome name. The movie is sitting at about 90% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it has drawn $987,794 at the box office. It is yet to break the million-dollar mark, but let's hope... That, uh, eventually it will get there because this was a pretty cool movie. Uh, we had to go over to the art house cinema uh, to see it. We've actually been there a lot lately, which is weird. But it's cool because the popcorn there has real butter and they have all these weird seasonings you can put on it. Like all these, uh, jars of seasonings. They don't have this kind of stuff over at the normal theater. That This is strictly for the people who are not savages. This is such a nicer place. I don't like... Uh, the attitudes of the people who were there sometimes, I find the audiences to be a bit snooty, but the environment is great, they have nice seats, uh, and like I said, the popcorn has real butter, and they have these jars of seasonings. My favorite, my personal pick is Brewer's Yeast, uh, 
It has a very interesting flavor. I can't describe it. But if you do, if you do uh, get up to these shakers and you see the yeast, you might want to give it a shot. I recommend it. Anyway, in the world of the lobster, you have until the age of 45 to find a mate. And if you fail to do so, you get to choose what animal you are going to be turned into. And then you are released into the woods. Yeah, I said that right. If you don't find a mate by the time you are 45, you get turned into uh, an animal of your choosing and are just sent upon your merry way. Now, what they say is most people choose to turn into dogs. That's why there are so many dogs in the world. And that's why there are so few exotic animals. Because uh, just people, you know, aren't choosing to become, for example, panda bears. I don't know. What's, what's another? I can't think of any rare animals. Anyway... One thing I, I got to thinking about this movie was, I wonder if all of the animals are former people. Are there also animals that are just born animals? Yes, there would have to be, I guess. Uh, if you really think about it, even for two seconds, which I guess I didn't. If there are, you know, um, a man and a woman get turned into a dog, they would have puppies, right? So I guess there are some naturally born puppies, but I wonder if in this world, all the animals started as people. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot to think about, um... In the movie, Colin Farrell uh, is recently divorced and he's, you know, he's going to the hotel to try to find a mate. This is his final chance before he gets turned into a lobster. That's what bro chose. He wanted to be a lobster. He thought they live for a long time. You know, they have the entire sea to live in and that it would also be interesting to, you know, be under the water since, you know, you've, you've spent all of your time above the water. It's a whole, whole new chance to have some whole new experiences. Uh, he tries a few different people, you know. It seems like to find and choose a mate, you have to have some trait in common. This is not a world like ours. For example, uh, you, you if you're nearsighted, if you found another person who is nearsighted, you could therefore mate. It doesn't seem like you can just mate with anybody that you want. And when I when I say mate, what I mean is, you know, find a mate, partner up, go forth and spend a life. It doesn't seem like you can just, I'm me, you're you, we have nothing in common. Uh, let's, you know, let, let's get together. Because at one point, Colin Farrell has to fake that he's another person. Like he's a whole uh, different type of person so that... You know, he could get involved with this other woman because he doesn't... No, nobody wants to get turned into a lobster. So he... I'll just say, he pretends to be a sociopath so that he can get with a sociopath in hopes of avoiding his lobster fate. It doesn't work. Another guy sees a girl who gets nosebleeds. So before going to talk to her, he socks himself in the nose to give himself a nosebleed so they have some common ground. I don't know if this is just something they're doing so you have something to talk about or if it's something that they're doing because you have to do it. Um, when you go out in the world, like at one point they sneak out and they're out in the world, uh, the police, if they see you by yourself, the police will stop you and ask you if you, you know, you have your marriage certificate with you. It's that you know, it, it's ingrained in the law. You must have a wife or a husband. It's a very interesting movie. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, there are some crazy twists and turns. There are some disturbing points. But overall, it's an interesting, thought-provoking movie. And I highly uh, recommend it. If it's playing near you, go check out The Lobster. And then uh, here we go. We're going to check out the third movie that I saw this week. This one was playing at the Artie Farty Theater, but right before we went to see it, it moved to the $3 theater. 
our uh, final run before you're out of here, theater. So we caught it there. All right, let's uh, let's check out this trailer, which they were nice enough to send to me on VHS. From the O. Weinstein Company and John Carney, the acclaimed director of Once. Do you want to be in a video? It's from my band. You're in a band. We need to form a band. Experience a heart-melting romance. It's all about the girl, isn't it? I think she's just amazing. That hits all the right notes. Not exactly the Beatles, is it? You can't help but fall in love with the feel-good film of the year. What are you all wearing? Yeah, we're just working that out. Sing Street in theaters April 15th. Don't let that horrible commercial fool you. That, that was stupid. That was a terrible ad. I don't know who okayed that. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. It is sitting at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It was directed by John Carty, who also wrote it, and it stars Ferdia Walsh Pilo. Uh, that's one of those good old Irish names. And at the box office, it has made $66,007, and that is a shame. I keep a list. Of every movie that I see on my wall. Uh, you know, I go see the movie, I write it down, I write how many stars it is and the date I saw it. And then, if I think I might be talking about this movie at the end of the year when it comes to best pictures, I will highlight it. And as of right now, there are only two movies highlighted. Green Room and now Sing Street. Sing Street is far and away the best movie that I have seen this year. It is terrific. It is just, just, just terrific. I don't know any other way to say it. It's a romance. It's a romantic comedy about a boy who forms a band in hopes of impressing a girl who seems out of his reach. It's also, it's also a story of working class Ireland. Uh, there are poor people. Everybody has money problems. Everyone is trying to escape from Dublin and make it across the channel to London in hopes of finding work. It's a very bleak time, and the main character uses the band as a way, you know, to find hope as well as to find this girl. You know, he, he's trying to find something, you know, to, uh, something to a purpose for his life. And he, you know, he uses the band and he uses his love for this girl to find the purpose. And it's just, I cannot say enough good things about this movie. It has really fun original music. It has really fun performances by a group of unknown actors. Everybody in this is unknown to me except for uh, Mayor Carcetti from The Wire or uh, you might know him as uh, Littlefinger from the uh, Game of Thrones, that, uh, that small-time TV show Game of Thrones. He's in it. He plays he plays Cosmos, the main character's father. Um, he is in the middle of a divorce from Cosmos' mother, which adds more tension. He has a layabout, well-meaning brother. Uh, his brother is played by Jack Rayner. I don't know him from anything either, but he puts on a terrific performance as somebody who has potential that he's never lived up to, but he sees in his brother, his younger brother, more potential than even he had. So, you know, he helps to try to push him in going forward. This is, if this is playing in your area, you should definitely go see it. If you you know, if you have an open mind about movies, if it's not, if you, you know, there's no action, if you want some kind of action adventure or martial arts fighting, there's none of that. It's romance and it's comedy. This is a high-end romantic comedy with a lot of original music. It, it has feeling, it has heart, and the ending, and I, you know, I am not at all ashamed to say this, the ending made me cry. He 
you know, he, he does an incredible act of bravery toward the end. And even, you know, even just thinking about it, I get emotional. It was that terrific of a movie. I went with The Old Wife and 2.0 and 2.0 said this is now her favorite movie of all the times. Her previous favorite movie was uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. This has surpassed that. So, I, you know, I was happy to have given her that, to, give, to have given her the experience of seeing her favorite movie. Um, the Old Wife, she said that this is now her favorite movie. It has a lot of 80s music. Um, he forms the band, and they go from one style to the next. You know, they hear a new group, and then they imitate it. You know, they hear The Cure, they imitate The Cure. They hear Hall & Oates, they imitate Hall & Oates. And she loved all of the music. She is a giant 80s music aficionado. I don't know if I mentioned this movie takes place in the 80s. So if you're in the 80s file, it has that going forward. And... You know, the old wife, she likes, you know, the 80s tunes, and she likes to cure, and she likes Morrissey, and all these things are referenced, and all these things are important to the story. This is, if I see a better movie than this movie during the course of this year, I will consider this to be a awesome movie year. I've seen a few cool things, you know, we saw Civil War, we saw, uh, you know, Everybody Wants Some, you know, uh, Cloverfield. There's been some fun movies this year, but this is far and away the best thing that I have seen. Uh, The music in it is so good that I'm going to go out and buy the soundtrack. It's all original tunes by, I'm curious as to who did the music, but they're all original new tunes that, when you make a movie about music, you know, with a band, it's very important that they have good music so that everything makes sense. And the songs that the band called Sing Street is making in the movie are so good that you can imagine them, you know, making it big, you know, breaking through, doing all that good stuff. Uh, this is just a great movie. If it's playing near you, just go see it. It You could also see it on disc, but it's always more fun to go to the theater, in my opinion. So uh, Sing Street, four and a half mics. I don't know, man. Good stuff. Uh I don't know if I gave the mics for the lobster. I'm going to go ahead and give the lobster like three and three quarters mics. It was pretty good. Um, getting near th- four mics, but not quite. Anyway, uh, let's move into the final segment of the show. A name we haven't said in a long time, the Toys R Us Report. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. Yeah, all right, so we are back for the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us report once again. So check it out, man. I, I don't want to keep having to push on this, but you guys really do want to consider becoming show patrons. I've been uploading episodes of uh, Icy Robots Radio. That's my uh, mixtape podcast that I used to do back in the day, and it they're good. They're really good. There's a lot of good songs. Each one is about an hour, and they feature early adventures of Iceberg and Emily. So if you are a hardcore listener and you want to dig into the past a bit... I would consider hopping on over to supportthereport.com. You can get in for, you know, just as little as a dollar a month, and that's not too much. I'll take more, but a dollar will do it. All right, let's see what is going on in the world of pop culture. I got some notes. So, 
it turns out that they have, in fact, found a Superman for the Supergirl show that is now on the CW, and it, it's not Tom Welling, it is, in fact, Tyler Hochin. Now, I know this dude from, uh, the movie Everybody Wants Some. In this, it, you know, it's an 80s movie about a college baseball team, and he is sort of, he's kind of the best hitter on the team. He seems like he's the dude with the most pro potential, and he has this, like, a, he has this habit of wearing half shirts, you know how... Sometimes back in the 80s and the 70s, you'd see dudes wearing uh, belly shirts, which is kind of weird. And when you look back at it, uh, dudes having like their hairy belly buttons out. But he was one of those dudes wearing one of those. Uh, I don't hold that, that against him. It was just, you know, that was the time. But uh, he is going to be Superman. And uh, I don't know. He's all right. In the movie, they do a thing where dude pitches a baseball at him and he cuts it in half with an axe, which was definitely super. But I don't know if he could do that in real life. Anyway... I really did want it to be Tom Welling. I was hoping that it would be Tom Welling from Smallville fame. It seemed like that was the right maneuver, but I don't know. I don't know what goes on, you know, behind the scenes in Hollywood. I'd heard Tom Welling said that he wanted to do it, and I have seen that they make the right moves when it comes to these things. You know, they they find the right guy. You know, they got the Flash from the old TV show to play the Silver Age Flash. They got Dean Cain on uh, Supergirl as her dad, as well as... Uh, you know, the girl uh, from the original Supergirl movie is her mom, and they do make the right move, so I, I, I can't imagine that, you know, they th there must have been a reason why they didn't get Tom Welling. Maybe he really didn't want to do it, maybe, I don't know, they just couldn't come to an agreement, I have no idea, but uh, it is in fact Tyler Hochin, which isn't, I don't know, it's not the worst thing in the world, it could have been, uh, I don't know who it could have been, anybody except for Tom Welling is probably all equal, so let's see what else is going on, oh, CW announced the premiere dates of all of our favorite shows next season. So let's take a look at that. On October 4th, you're going to get The Flash. And then the next day, October 5th, you get Arrow. That's going to be great. I cannot wait. October is not too far along. And then uh, on October 10th, they are going to show Supergirl. It says premiere event. Now, I don't know if that is kind of a, you know, some kind of a greatest hits of the first season or what, because... After that, you get uh, Legends of Tomorrow on the 14th of October. And then October 17th, the following Monday, it says it will be the first original episode of uh, Supergirl on the CW. So I do not know what they will be showing on the 10th. I would imagine some kind of best of or maybe the uh, series premiere. No idea. Um, also, we kind of we missed this one recently. It says that Brie, Brie Larson from uh, Room is attached. No, not attached. She is in talks to be Captain Marvel over at Marvel. Now, Brie Larson is a great actress. She is great. She's an Oscar winner. She's one of my favorites. She was on the United States of Terra. I've been champ championing, uh, championing, how do you say that? Championing? Championing her work for a while, and I would not mind her getting this role at all, but uh, Captain Marvel is kind of, you know, she's in the military. She's a captain in the Air Force, if I recall, and I don't know how much I see of the military aspect in Brie Larson. Uh, I would have gone more toward, like, Emily Blunt, or I think, ideally, uh, Jessica Chastain. She was, you know, she was the commander of the uh, Martian, the ship in the Martian, and she, you know, she does a great job with that military vibe. But you know what? I'm not going to sweat it if it's Brie Larson. That's, you know, that's not a bad thing in any way. She's one of my favorite actors, so that's cool, man. I hope it does come true. Oh, I read a book. I read a book recently that I just kind of stumbled upon in the Kindle store that I think some of you guys might like. It is called The Life and Times of Bud Coleman Part 2, 
by Bill Coleman. What I was doing was I was just searching for books and I typed in video stores and I scrolled down a few pages and this uh, this self-published book came up. This guy, Bud Coleman, was the owner of a chain called Video Express and they had 65 stores in Alabama in the 80s. And this is his tale of how he got out of the real estate business and into the video store business. He was in it way, way, way in the early days. He was, you know, the first guy to open a store in his area. And for a while, he was running things. And it's like a, it's a business journal. It's, you know, behind the scenes, how they ordered things. And uh, as far as histories of the video store business, this is really the best one I've read. I think it was three ninety nine in the Kindle. And I, I thought it was well worth it. It is the Life and Times of Bud Coleman, Volume 2. It was written by his son, I guess, this guy, Bud Coleman, he was a really big businessman in the uh, Alabama area. And they were just super proud of him. And after he passed away, his son, Bill, wrote a two-volume uh, set of his life story. It's, oh, I hope somebody does that for me someday, but I don't know if that will ever be the case. Um, I don't know, man. That might be uh, that might be it, but check it out. Um, we are going to be away from the station for the next two weeks. So during that time... There will not be any new episodes. I'm going to post some classics uh, from the past that I think you might enjoy now. But I got a call from the Commodore earlier in the week, and he is going to have to send some people up to do some repairs after the pirate attack. You know, we got a... There is a buttload of damage. We got a couple holes in the uh, environment. There's, There's places we can't even go into. There's a whole area that we can't get into. So he's going to send some repair crews up and... Hopefully within two weeks, they will be able to take care of everything. So let's take a look at uh, the calendar here. Um, So we will be gone. This is uh, the 22nd. We will be gone the 29th. And then into the next month of July, we will be gone on the 6th and we'll return on the 13th. I will try to throw something in here between, uh, you know, in the beginning of July. Going to try and do some uh, small updates. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. But... I believe we might be taking a bit of a trip. We might be going to the Grand Canyon, so I don't know uh, what I will get to record. So for the next two weeks, no uh, Toys R Us report. This would be a perfect time to hop on over to supportthereport.com. I got that Qzar episode, and if you haven't heard that, you can get in on that for a measly dollar a month. And uh, that, you know, if you, it's over an hour. Chop it in half. You can have two half-hour shows that you could listen to while I'm over at the Grand Canyon doing my thing. So, uh, I don't know, man. That's about it. So, for me, Emily, Iceberg, who's not here, and everybody on the Toys R Us Report crew, if you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.